0: It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour. I'm Ed Hugland, your host for this evening. Just remember, here in America Out Loud, talk radio, that our shows play across iHeartRadio network, and you can listen to us on any media player, any web browser, anywhere in the world. today, I'm gonna cover winning in 2024, specifically talking about the 2024 elections and whether conservative suicide or success, what really matters. What really matters in this next election really comes down to understanding the cognitive war, and understanding how to compete and win in the cognitive war. We found numerous cases just in the last election where we thought Republicans going to do quite well, and they did not because they brought up a number of issues, they were outmaneuvered, and the narrative was poor, their planning was poor, and their strategy was poor. My discussions are part of an ongoing series where I try to look to provide you, the audience, a strategic perspective, assessment, analysis, and insights to provide a deeper understanding of the importance of cognitive warfare as related to a variety of different areas. As I said in today's episode, I'm going to focus on the 2024 elections and conservative suicide or success. Will we continue continue to repeat the suicidal narratives and strategy, or lack thereof, and efforts, or will we actually figure out how to succeed and win? What really matters? What really matters in this next election? And I gave you my take on it. So let's be frank. We're losing. We're losing badly. That is the conservatives. I don't care what the damn polls say. The polls are mostly lies. They're mostly deceit. They bring false hope. They bring false hope to the dopes that believe in them. We're losing because we've not figured out yet that this Is not mere politics. This is a real war. It's a cognitive war that we're engaged in, and it's a struggle in its most basic form between good and evil. But today, I'm going to cover as much as I can about this subject in three broad areas. And I'll probably come back to this in additional episodes. But today, I'll start off talking about avoiding the emotional hypes and the emotional traps. Okay, Each of these different areas are going to mention, for example, abortion, race, and religion. Each is a double-edged sword, depending on how conservatives and Republicans address this in the elections. i also talk about, either in this episode or next, before and after, the hell that's here. Meaning, what happened before Biden, what's happened since Biden. And what's going on with Bidenomics and Trump's record versus Biden related to energy, U.S. world security, U.S. national security, the compromise, the complicit and criminal Biden administration in a weaponization of a two tiered justice system. I also talk about the hell that's coming. The hell that's coming. This is if we do not win the 2024 election, there's going to be a hell to pay and it's not going to be pleasant. And if you think today's situation is bad, it will get much, much worse. Thank Venezuela, thank Cuba, thank China. The hell's it coming brings us advanced sets of risks and terrorism, massively increased taxes, continued flow of illegals to overrun this country, the inflation, and along with the illegal overflow. A massive, massive, multi-trillion dollar impact. that's already here, but people haven't seen it because the tsunami is just starting to be seen. The tsunami affecting healthcare, education, social services. <clears throat> and then let's not forget what the Democrats and the liberal progressives have talked about numerous times. Numerous times. The hell is coming in terms of tyranny. Once they hack the Supreme Court, and overtake the Supreme Court if they win these next elections, will have hell to pay in that tyranny will be at our doorstep, not only with a weaponized national security apparatus, but now a a activist judicial Supreme Court, where, as we've seen on the current Supreme Court, the left wants to take away your guns, wants to take away your rights, allow citizens to be censored by the government, be persecuted by the government and lawfare. And so that's where we're going today in these discussions. So let's start talking about, uh, in just a minute, a few things about the emotional discussions that we should avoid and how we should talk about some of these issues. But to open this discussion, there's an article I read, The Price of Cowardice is Evil. There's Barry Weiss's Federalist Society lecture, and this is an article about Barry Brownstein. Okay. Weiss was an opinion writer. Barry Weiss was an opinion writer for the New York Times before she resigned. She resigned to keep her principles. Now, it's hard to believe anybody that worked at the New York Times as principles. But an opening uh, statement here in this article is appropriate. The price of cowardice will only be evil. The price of cowardice will only be evil. This is what Alexander Solzhenitsyn warned. And I've talked about this before in my own discussions. If you are complacent, you are by default compliant. If you are compliant, you will next become complicit for lack of action. This is the price of cowardice. Once you become complicit for lack of action, more than likely you become criminal, meaning you partake in the feast of evil. Right. Why? Because of self-protection. But as Alexander Solzhenitsyn and others who've lived under communist states, who've lived under tyranny before, all understand: eventually, eventually, the evil will come for you. So we stand up now, or we stand up later on. The longer we wait, the harder it's going to be. Solzhenitsyn's 1970 Nobel lecture was smuggled out of the Soviet Union. Now many of the millennials and zen years, et cetera, etc., etc have no freaking idea who Alexander Solzhenitsyn is. But they should go back and look, because history repeats itself. And in this case, history, if it repeats itself, is going to be pure evil and cause this nation incredible harm. And you know what? I'll probably be dead within a a couple of decades, so most of this won't impact me. But for you young folks and other folks out there, hell's coming your way unless you pay attention to history and learn from history. In his manuscript, Solzhenitsyn pointed out that the youth of the West had learned nothing from the terrible Soviet experience. Now, I'll add to this, it's not just the youth from the West hadn't learned. You could add to that the whole list of so-called elites. Now, I call them so-called elites because they're self-anointed elites. They call themselves elites, but they're actually leeches on society. (laughs) What he wrote was the young at any age When they have not yet had experience other than sexual when they do not have yet years of personal suffering and personal understanding behind them are jubilantly repeating our depraved russian blunders of the 19th century under the impression that they are discovering something new and what he's talking about here is a key aspect of the cognitive war if you are unaware of the war if you are unaware of what's actually going on, then how can you compete and win the war? It's impossible. Now, in Solzhenitsyn's time, those, this article goes on, those who knew better stayed silent in the face of barbarity. Solzhenitsyn observed the timidity of the civilized world in the following. But of those who had lived more and understand, those who could oppose these young, many did not dare oppose. They even suck up anything not to appear conservative. Another Russian phenomenon in the 19th century, which Dostoevsky called slavery to progressive quirks. Okay, now it's the 21st century, not the 19th century today, but we still have this slavery to progressive quirks. The spirit of Munich has no means, by no means retreated into the past. It was not merely a brief episode. The timid, civilized world has found nothing with which to pose the onslaught of the sudden revival of barefaced barbarity and other consciousness and smiles. Now, how I'll propose this as we come up to the 2024 elections. Slavery to progressives quirks. The timid, civilized world has found nothing to oppose the onslaught of sudden revival of bar- barefaced barbarity. What did we just see in Israel with Hamas? And what have we seen across the United States at our so-called elite educational institutions? We've seen the support, the, condo- c- the condoning, and the advancement of a hellish narrative of genocide that we saw uh, several 70 plus years ago with the Nazis. But yet here it's here again. And this is why for all you young people who are going to go out and vote your hearts, okay, stop voting for your hearts and think with your minds. There's a famous quote by Winston Churchill that applies here. For those who are younger than 30 and do not believe in liberalism, they don't have a heart. Those who are older than 30 and are not now conservative, they no longer have a brain or something to that effect. Meaning, when you're young, as Solzhenitsyn had written, when you're young and your only experiences are sexual and others, you haven't had personal suffering and others, you think everything can be wonderful and you could just do it all yourself. And then you discover what real hell is like as you get older. As you have to start paying taxes, as you have to start to realize what's happening to America on our streets where people are being raped, murdered, assaulted, slaughtered. Why? Because of progressive liberal policies, much as Solzhenitsyn talked about the slavery to progressive quirks. Now, he talked about this over 60 years ago, but here we are today and we have the same issues. So we have to take a look at what history offers us to advance past the barbarity and avoid the barbarity that we saw in the past overtake us now. But that is just amazing, given today's circumstances with Israel and Hamas, the fact that a number of UN nations are opposing them. Okay, and President Biden, who's, I believe, completely compromised, has been calling for a ceasefire, along with a squad of anti-Semites and racists and bigots against Jews in Congress, as well as a number of other Democrats, <laughs> once thought to be the party in support of the Jewish people. But what you're seeing here is the reality of the progressive movement. They care not about you, average American. They care not about you, Jewish people. They care not about you, Black people or Hispanic Or even white, because you can see how they divide, divide, and assault every single race in different manners. So let's talk about avoiding the emotional traps, emotional traps regarding abortion, race, and religion, the different degrees here. Now, for the abortion issue, my advice for those in the conservative realm is to avoid this issue completely. Why? Because if you want to win elections, if you want to win elections, this should not be a topic on a primary agenda. Now you're going to say, well, well, why is that? Don't you believe in life? Yes. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a cognitive war. For the last several decades, the left progressives have won the narrative. They've won the narrative with younger, naive and uneducated people and also well-educated people because they've used an emotional narrative to say they're taking away your rights, the women's rights to choose. OK, we all know that's false. A woman still has a right to choose who her partner is, what kind of uh, sexual protection she uses, etc., etc. But at the same time, they're saying, talking about women's rights, they're putting transgenders into women's bathrooms. Into your, into your neighborhoods, into your homes, into your schools, along with drag queens. Okay, so they care not about women's rights. But if you put the abortion issue at <laughs> front and center of the election, we will lose. Why? Because they've won the narrative on this. Republicans have no strategy, no narrative, and no understanding how to win this battle. They need to avoid the abortion issue, because it's been emotional. Now, education has advanced awareness of this issue, and it has been a significant decline in the number of abortions overall. But if this is number one issue, we're going to have a lot of shift to deal with. And what I mean shift, remember Adam Schiff? Well, he can't use a four-letter expletive, but his name suffices as he is truly a piece of shift. But if we don't make... And move on from this issue, okay, it will become the number two issue, pun intended. Now, GOP has an abortion problem. Why? First, the rapid disappearance of a once reliable wedge issue for Republicans. In the Epic Times, an article was written. Let me talk about this, okay? But before I get into the depths of the abortion issue, why we should avoid it but how we could use it if we do do talk about it. Let me first say that you can find out more about my show and look at all the latest podcasts from all the NASA Security Hour participants. If you go to the menu navigation bar at American Out Loud under our shows and schedule, you'll see the NAS Security Hour and a slew of other great programs. It's not just the NAS Security Hour. There's a whole heck of a other great programs on this network. Follow us, stay tuned. Stay engaged. You'll be in the know. I'll be right back.
1: Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out americaoutloud.shop
2: Spike proteins help viruses enter into your cells, disrupting your health and your well-being. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body of spike proteins, which allows your body to repair from within, supporting your immune and respiratory systems and regulating your inflammatory response. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to AmericaOutLoud.shop and get 15% off using the code OutLoud, global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally.
0: Welcome back to the Mass Security Hour. I'm Ed Huglin, your host for this evening. Today we're talking about the 2024 elections, winning in 2024. How do we win in 2024? And whether conservatives, are going to be suicidal again or they're going to actually look to have some sort of success and when it started out with talking about abortion race and religion and the abortion issue my advice given the cognitive nature of this being used as an emotional weapon is to avoid this at all costs why because you have to win the elections if you want to change policies and you want to change other aspects okay the supreme court overturn Roe versus Wade. Now, the progressives has always played the emotional portion on this. It's, It's women's rights and you're taking away women's rights. What the Roe versus Wade discussion was about, which conservatives did a he poor job of explaining, was never about women's individual rights. It was about federal versus state's rights. Remember this, federal versus state's rights. And this is where I was just amazed at the stupidity of the Republican arguments on this abortion issue. The whole argument about Roe versus Wade is about federal versus states' rights and the right of states to decide within their states and their electorate, their policies and stuff. Because if you look at the Constitution, there's only a few powers that are given to the federal level. The rest are to the states. And the reason Roe versus Wade was overturned was directly because of that, because it's a states' rights issue. Okay. Now that the states have this in their pocket to decide, the states and the citizens of each state will decide what are the limits and restrictions on abortion related to those to the individuals. Okay. The reason why they moved it from federal to state and the reason why the progressive left fought so hard to keep there, because this is what would happen if you have a packed Supreme Court, they would then force a number of other federal mandates on the states, superseding states' rights and authorities under the Constitution. The whole purpose of keeping Roe versus Wade had nothing to do with female genitalia rights or other aspects of abortion rights. It had everything to do with the fact that the Supreme Court took an activist role in subjugating states' rights to federal rights, which is in direct contradiction to the Constitution. And that's why it was overturned. <clears throat> and so in the 2024 elections, if people start talking about abortion, you damn well better be understanding that this is a federal versus states' rights issue and now that Roe versus Wade has been overturned, there's nothing that says women can't have abortions or individual rights, but it's for the states and the citizens of those states to decide. Now, the other aspect here, if you're a true conservative, if you're a true conservative, you don't tell other people how to live their lives. You as a conservative don't want the liberal progressives to tell you how to live your life as they've been trying to. What you can say, what you can think, what you can eat, where you can walk, whether you can use a gas car or a gas stove. Okay, But you have to think this is what many of the very strong conservative elements that want to ban abortion completely are telling the rest of Americans. Okay, That narrative is anathema. It's a destructive narrative. What you have to think about is that when you win elections, you can then take the bully pulpit and use it to drive a much further degree of education and understanding and have a logical debate and discussion about what are the right limits on abortion for what situations and other things. But if you don't win the elections, you don't get to do that, do you? So, you have to move it from an emotional to a logical discussion. And that starts with understanding it was a federal mandate by an activist Supreme Court that has now been overturned. Now, it's to the state's rights issues. And this was reflected in the last elections, okay? Because the GOP had a big abortion problem in this Epic Times article when they talk about the key takeaways from the two from the last elections, it says uh, first, uh, prior to the overturn of Roe versus Wade, there were perhaps no more dependable an issue for Republicans than abortion. Now I disagree with that because I think every time the Republicans have brought this up, they've lost every time. It says many Republicans were single issue voters on the issue, and I can understand that if you're mostly tied to it. And a Christian and other stuff, you have a certain viewpoint. But you have to think about, you have to win elections, you have to win the broader cognitive war, meaning you have to influence the minds and hearts of people to your side. You can't tell people how to live their lives and you can't tell them how to suck eggs. So you have to detach yourself from the emotional and move to the logical.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Now, all this change in 2022, is said when the Supreme Court Dobbs decision put the matter back into the people's hands. Now that's important. Just I just said it put the matter back into the people's hands. So when anybody, if you're going to bring up the abortion here, she starts to say taking the women's rights, etc. <coughs> that's BS. Okay, that's bold shift, isn't an atom shift. Okay. Supreme Court decision put this back in the people's hands. The ambivalence of many GOP voters, the article goes on to explain, became immediately apparent as six state referendums addressing the issue were put to voters, including three proposed constitutional amendments to establish a right to the procedure. On October 7th, the reliably red state of Ohio affirmed adding a right to abortion to the state's constitution. At the same time, voters in Virginia handed both houses of the state's legislature to Democrats who used this once-favorite wedge issue against it. So Here you have a very uh, positive, favored Republican governor who became governor because he said parents should have the right to decide over the children, not the state. But he was defeated resoundingly along with other Republicans. And they lost both houses. Why? Because they put this issue up there like idiots. Okay. They forgot that this is such an emotional issue. And that the left had already won the narrative because they've had the narrative for two decades. And there hasn't been a strong counter-narrative and logical debate on this subject because the left and the mainstream media and socialist media has buried this so the article goes on to say whole life advocates lost all six of those elections in those states, including in red states as Kentucky and Kansas. So the point here is shut up about the abortion issue. Conservatives let people decide on their life, continue to educate, continue to educate, and help people from a logical perspective understand the importance of a human life and where that begins but remember no matter what your emotional tie is no matter how strongly you believe in this okay conservatives conservatives have lost this emotional argument and they will continue to use, lose it every single time in every single election so if you want to win the elections leave it off the table but if you are going to talk about it remember It's a federal versus state issue, and it's now been handed back to the personal responsibility of the citizens of each state to decide. Right? So now it comes back down to making an emotional, logical argument but Republicans don't have the fortitude or understanding to drive that kind of argument right now, and we saw that in the last elections. So Let's move on to the next topic, race. If you're going to talk about race in America, and you can damn well, sure, the Democrats and progressives are going to talk about race because they already are. They know they're losing the black vote. They know they're losing the Hispanic vote. But they continue to utilize race as a weapon. They're using it with the illegals. They're using it left and right every day with the illegal population. And saying those who oppose This stuff are racist, bigots, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. It's been repeatable multiple times. I've talked about this on this program and others. When you talk about race in America, take a look at America as a whole. America is a melting pot of multiple races across multiple countries that have come here through the last two and a half centuries. All right. But it's worth bringing up race in this manner, to highlight the big democratic line of race, social justice, and family. So we need to have a real discussion on race. It's time to talk about the facts and stop pandering, stop creating boogeyman and addressing the issues we've all known all this time but are afraid to talk about directly. We can go back to former Democrat Patrick Monahan. Who, by the way, wouldn't be allowed in today's Democratic Party. Okay. Because he brought up this aspect of race. And as a key element, along with statistics, uh, he brought up the reality of these false narratives the radical Democrats and their anarchist friends were using. I'll come back to Monahan in a second here. But let's take a look at some key points here. Multi-generational poverty is entrenched largely in percentages in black and white poor. But by actual numbers, what people don't understand here, by actual numbers, the number of whites in poverty are almost threefold the number of blacks. But you'll never hear that. But why is that? Because it doesn't fit their narrative. Feminism. Democrat policies advanced and are major reasons the collapse of the nuclear family not just for blacks but also for whites as you've seen in a number of recent articles about the decline in two-parent families now the poverty rates the poverty rates of single mothers is reflected as significantly higher mm. <clears throat> that you'll end up on welfare if you're a single mother almost 70 percent of black children are born to single mothers mm. And there's a large percentage now of young whites, Hispanics, and others in the same situation. The social welfare policies of the 1960s drove the destruction of the nuclear family, and specifically the black family. And this is reflected in the disproportionate number of incarceration and welfare rates. Now, by percentages for black families, but again, the largest number of people on welfare in the United States are white not black, black by percentage, but overall numbers threefold increase white. What's changed here? What's changed here with the collapse of the nuclear family, and since the 1950s, when there's more of a nuclear family, is the incarceration, murder, and criminal rates for blacks they are significantly higher. Now, we'll go into this stuff in a little bit more detail, detail here. But it's important to note that whites, poor whites make up the majority of welfare. Why? Because the false narrative has been painted for decades by the Democrats. Because if you start to talk about welfare and the poor as being a human condition, a human condition that we need to help all people who are poor, welfare and stuff rise up, okay, you're called a racist. Why? Why? Because they want to make a point and try to highlight that this is predominantly only Blacks, and that's false. That's Bull Schiff, as I said before, Adam Schiff. Mm-hmm. So let's begin and take a look at some of the issues and facts, okay, because we have to get rid of race as a bogeyman issue. Now, the fact that you're seeing a number of Hispanics, Blacks, and others start to move to the Republican Party tells you people are waking up about the truth and starting to understand this. What Democrats won't tell you about their 21st century plantation is laid out in some statistics and analysis here from several sources I cover here in a second. My objective in this segment on race is to highlight the blatant hypocrisy of the left for you to use this information in the upcoming elections. But you'll never see a well-thought-out strategy plan and cohesive effort by Republicans to address this. Because they don't unite, they don't think about this stuff ahead of time, so they're completely outmaneuvered, just like they are on abortion issues I talked about previously here. But let me refer our readers, again, back to a Democrat, Daniel Patrick Moynihan. He told the truth over 50, actually six years ago, in an article in 2005, uh, I mean, uh, about 50 years ago, but the purveyors of today's plantation Okay, When I mean purveyors to today's plantation, the 21st century plantation, that's the Democrats. And that's why you have all these legals coming in. But I digress. What Manahan said in his report is that 70% of black children are still born to unmarried mothers. Okay. And with that, Moynihan argued that the rise in single mother families were not due to the lack of jobs, but rather to a destructive vein in ghetto culture that could be traced back to slavery and the Jim Crow destruction. Now remember, this is the Democrat who wrote this. Moynihan went on further and merely overthrowing familiar explanations about the cause of poverty. He also described through the pages of disquieting charts and graphs, the emergence of a tangle of pathology, including delinquency, joblessness, school, failure, crime, and fatherlessness that characterize the ghetto or underclass behavior. Now, this applies not just to blacks but also to whites. But it is a complete pathology and delinquency, joblessness, school failure, crime, and fatherlessness. Hmm. doesn't matter the race. But Moynihan was vilified for bringing this stuff up. Prompted by Moynihan's study, at Howard University, someone said the next most profound stage of the battle for civil rights would be to talk about this in civil rights language, condemning inequality and calling for more funding for medical care, training, education stuff for Blacks. But what Moynihan described, okay, he announced Black poverty is not white poverty. He described the breakdown of the Black family structure, which he said was a consequence of ancient. Brutality, past injustice, and prejudice. When a family collapses, it is the children who are usually damaged. Okay. But this is where we have to take a look. If we take a look at race as an issue, we have to take a look at in a stark statistics. Mm-hmm. The same partisans of single motherhood got a perfect chance to test their theories in the urban ghettos which are fast-turning nuclear family freeze zones, okay? Indeed, by 1980, 15 years after the out-of-wedlock uh, burst and stuff, more than doubled to 56%. Okay, 1980, within 15 years, the out-of-wedlock burst doubled by 56%. That was considerably higher than the 66% in New York uh, – In the ghetto, that was considerably higher, as as high as 66% in New York City. At the time, many experts confronted themselves by pointing out that white mothers were also beginning to forego marriage. But the truth was, at that time, only 9% of white births occurred out of the wedlock. But what we've seen since Patrick Moynihan's time is these increases on steroids, in terms of just phenomenal increases in numbers. Liberal advocates had two main ways of dodging the subject of family collapse. First, largely creation by the Miriam Wright Elderman, who in 1973 founded the Children's Defense Fund, was to talk about the children not as offspring of individual mothers and fathers, but as an oppressed class. See, this is part of the cognitive warfare. This is back in 1973. You don't talk about the children, He talked about an oppressed class. Now, the second way out for these liberal progressives was not to talk about what was happening in the ghetto families or the impoverished neighborhoods. It was instead to talk about teen pregnancy. There's just one small problem here. There was no epidemic at that time of teen pregnancy. There was an out-of-wedlock teen pregnancy epidemic. About 80% of the In the statistics here, it said in 1990, there were 117 pregnancies per 1,000 teen girls, up 105 per 1,000 in 1978. Okay. About 80% of those young girls who became mothers were single, and the vast majority would be poor. Welfare dependency continued to rise, soaring from 2 million families in 1970 to 5 million by 1995. Now, this this is quite some time ago million in 1970 to 5 million by 1995. By 1990, 65%, 65% of all Black children were being born to unmarried women. I'm going to talk about more of this when I come back from the break here, but be sure to make AmericaOutloud.news your daily stop for all the latest news. and news. We must all do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help Secure America's future. I'll be right back.
1: How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with CoFix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? CoFix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. CoFix RX is already famous. For a powerful virus hostile nasal solution and now we have a throat spray too. crush those nasty germs before they become a problem with known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine xylitol and vitamin d3 you can feel a little safer for a limited time when you add the new cofix rx throat spray to your order you'll receive 25 percent off the entire purchase just click the cofix rx banner on the america out loud website or store Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD.
2: I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital.
0: Welcome back to Nats Security Power. This is Ed Hugglin, your host. When we left uh, at the break, I was talking about race as an issue for the next election, the 2024 elections. And if we must talk about race, we have to talk about the facts. Okay, we have to talk about the facts. And we have to talk about statistics. Because the statistics point out the blatant hypocrisy and the lies Democrats have been talking about with respect to race for a long time. What we see is the pandering carpet beggars like former President Obama, Eric Hold- 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 Oldman, and others pushed old, worn, false narratives that racism causes poverty. The facts tell us something completely different. Obama knows it. All one has to do is look at the census numbers from and statistics from 1959 versus now, 20, in 2021, Blacks versus Whites in poverty. Now, I talked about this on previous shows, but in the in the context of the 2024 election, in the context of the cognitive war, you have to move from an emotional argument to a logical argument, a factual argument. And I've just talked about teen pregnancies, single motherhood, and the dramatic impacts it had on black families had the same things on white families and the destruction of white family structures as well. But now you add to this the progressive efforts to toss in transgenderism issues, okay, the bathroom issues, the drag queens, the indoctrination of your school children. <laughs> All of these issues are what we should be focusing on for the 2024 elections. Because they're trying to take emotional issues and use them as weapons to get you to vote emotionally, thinking the servers and stuff are bad people. That's why Youngkin won Virginia, because they aren't. They understood the importance of parents and parental rights and such. But as I said up front, they attacked and started using the abortion issue they lost immediately because they lost the narrative. Now, with respect to race... The same thing typically happens. Is conservatives having a freaking clue how to use and argue this issue. But the facts are out there for anyone who has half a brain to look at and see what the real statistics and real efforts are. Now, white population alone in 1959, those below the poverty line was 18% and in 2021, 10%. So 1959, whites alone, 18% below the poverty line, 2021, 10%. Uh, that tells you a significant number of Americans, okay, moved out of that poverty zone. Mm-hmm. Now, the number below the poverty line decreased, but it's not too different in total numbers, okay, in total numbers than it was in 1959. Mm-hmm. In 1959, there are 28 million whites below the poverty line. In 2021, about 25 million rounded based on the census. So 25 versus 28 million today versus 1959. But the poverty rate has dropped from 18% to 10%. Why? Because the increase in the white population overall. But this is a key point. Remember the statistics, the numbers. The total number of whites in poverty below the poverty line hasn't really changed significantly. 28 million in 59 versus 25 million now. Now, let's take a look at the black population. In 1959, 55% in 1959, during the Party of Slavery, the Jim Crow era, okay, the fight of progressive left against civil rights the poverty line for Blacks, 55% were below the poverty line. In 2021, 19.5%. 55% when the Democrats ruled the South, party slavery, the 19.5% today. But what's changed? The Black population grew almost threefold to 26 million. Okay, but note that the total number below the poverty line mm-hmm. decreased, but is not all that different. Just like the white below the poverty line from 1959, the number of blacks in 1959 below the poverty line was 10 million. In 1959, 10 million. Today, it's 8.5 million in 2021. So it's actually dropped a uh, one and a half million. But the population increased threefold. Now, how can that be if this is a racist country? And why is it when you have eight and a half million blacks in poverty, but you have three times the number of whites in poverty, 25 million? And this is a racist issue. But well, the facts just don't support that. The facts support exactly the opposite. But if you don't understand that, you can't compete and win in this cognitive war. And the numbers tells a few interesting facts. <clears throat> okay, as I said, the total number of whites in poverty is three times that of blacks. So why aren't we addressing welfare as a human issue? Because it takes the bludgeon away from the false emotional narrative the progressives use in this race war battle. It takes away that narrative completely. It's not that hard to do, but you have to pull your head out of your rear orifice to be able to disclaim and describe this. Second, the total number of blacks in poverty has remained pretty much the same since 1959, as I said, despite a three-fold increase in black population. Three. What has changed, what has changed is the incarceration rates have increased exponentially among black youth along with the destruction of the black family now why is it now that the Democrats why is it now that the Democrats and progressives have pushed for these open borders because people are starting to realize these statistics in the reality and they're starting to realize they're being pandered and played to because now what's happening is the social services, the health care, the education, all going to tank much, much more. Why? Because you have nine million more illegals added to the 30 million illegals here. And they're being they're being given free health care, free education, free social services. But who pays? Well, a couple of different people pay. First, Poor black families and poor white families pay, as well as poor veterans, unemployed veterans, because the influx of those illegals overload over the healthcare, education, social services. Okay, but they get that all for free. Second, you, the American taxpayer, you pay, and not only you increase taxes and increase national debt into trillions coming our way, but also decreased access to health care, increased health care costs, decreased access to social services, okay, and further indoctrination, further indoctrination in our public schools. But that's why when we talk about the 2024 election, okay, we don't need to commit suicide again, okay, we need to move away from conservative suicide and start talking about success, and That's why the abortion issue is key to leave off the table. But if you're going to use it, federal versus states' rights, but now it's back to the states and individual rights. No one's taking away anybody's rights. It's a discussion, a debate that will be then taken up in the legislators of the states. But there'll be no more activist Supreme Court justices, okay, pushing federal federal solutions to the states unless. We win the elections. If we don't win the elections, there sure as hell will be, and it will be more hell to pay. On race, same thing. The statistics don't lie. We have 25 million whites and 8 million blacks plus others, so it's over 30-something million Americans below the poverty line. If you have 30-something million Americans below the poverty line... And what the hell are you letting in nine to 11 million illegal immigrants into the country to overload those systems which are already overburdened? And when you look at the district of crime or other places in progressive cities, and you look at the progress based on the so-called teachers unions, and you see that parents left and right are going back to homeschooling and to charter schools because the national education system has failed them, those are the types of discussions you should have for the twenty twenty four elections, right. because if you don't fix those things, we're going to have significant issues overall. Okay, now let's talk about rights. And when I talk about rights, we can also bring in the religious issue to a certain degree. Right. But when we're talking about rights, what happened to women's rights? What happened to children's rights? Now you have institutions run by the leeches of society. You call themselves elites, okay, the self-inerted elites, trying to then put out legislation and other things that says if a young child who can't buy cigarettes, can't buy alcohol, but if they decide they're a boy, want to become a girl, they need a sex change. You have teachers' unions, who put pornography and other aspects into different schools for our children to be indoctrinated and groomed by pedophiles, the so-called minor attracted people, a.k.a. child rapists. So let's talk about those rights. What are the children's rights? Who's actually looking out for the children's rights? It's not the progressive party. Okay, they use religion as a crudgeon here to bash Catholics, to bash Christians, To bash anyone who believes in the nuclear family, okay? Take a look across the black family and the black churches and and across America. The vast majority are not below the poverty line. The vast majority of blacks and whites are above the poverty line. They believe in Christian values, believe in two-parent family. What's the left doing? They're trying to take away those parental rights, (laughs) indoctrinate your children, and actually dumbed down their education, as you've seen across America. So you have to talk about rights and religion as the same aspects here. Remember, parents were labeled as domestic terrorists by our Federal Bureau of Investigation. Okay. Catholics, labeled the same way, and the FBI, as we've seen in numerous reports, has been going after and looking and going after churches and clergy and priests, and going into their into their overall uh, domains to recruit informants because they consider people who believe in the Constitution, who believe in life, who believe in religion to be domestic terrorists. <laughs> Remember Solzhenitsyn's aspect up front, and it's common up front. We have to address these things now, and if we don't, And we lose the next election, there's going to be a lot more hell to pay. Okay. Look at women's rights. Talk about children's rights. We talk about parents' rights. Look at women's rights being subjugated to have males with swinging parts between their legs taking over their sports, taking over their locker rooms, taking over their bathrooms. It's just an abomination why is it that you get less than 1% of the population gets to impose their mental disorder and belief that they're an opposite sex and that the rest of the 95% of America have to agree with that? Okay, that's just not right. Just that's not the way need, things need to be. So we have to address religion and rights in the same aspects in the 2024 election. So let me go back a little bit here again the recap for this episode. Are conservatives going to commit suicide or are they going to go to success? What really matters in this next election? Okay. As Alexander Solzhenitsyn said, the price of cowardice will only be evil. So with regards to abortion, with regards to race, and with regards to religion and rights, today's progressive party is extreme, is fascist, And you've seen that from their support from Hamas, the genocidal killers, Mm -hmm. total subjugation, the use of race, religion, and abortion as emotional issues. So remember, move from the emotional, move to the logical. Move from the emotional, move to the logical. That's where we need to be. Mm -hmm. In the next episode, I'm going to talk about the before and after, the hell that's here, Trump record versus Biden, and I'm going to talk about the hell that's coming the terrorism, the taxes, the inflations, the trillion costs for illegals, etc. So, let's continue this dialogue the next time. I'm here on the National Security Hour to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. I will go outside the fog of the daily chaos to give you a strategic perspective on national security issues and speak truth to power, the power of we the people, so we together and best ensure the resilience and security of our republic. Thanks for joining us on the mission, NASA Security Hour, in the epic of despair, in the epic battle to defend the United States of America.